0: We
1: do it like we do it hey hey it's the pretty corrupt podcast your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality tv i'm jordan Ross Myers, the man behind twitter's notorious don Gumbleson and lee radswell along with my co-hosts Stacey noel connor and nate safer welcome to pcp pop culture yo yo what I know. I was like, I'm gonna be cool, like '90s cool, like that. But then I also was like, well, yo-yo, like yo-yo dieting, which Oprah is famous oh. for, and then it emphasizes the oh, it's a Zampic, which she just revealed. Yeah, oh, I don't know if I don't know
0: if you were re- really trying to do that the whole time, but that is really impressive the way your mind just worked there.
1: Quick on my feet with that. Spin. I thought you were just
0: being awkward. <laughs> But no, that was good. That was that was yeah. good. <laughs> uh, well, she Oprah didn't. Uh, she didn't say Ozempic. Uh, or she didn't say any of them. What, what she referred to it as a medically approved prescription for managing weight, which, technically speaking, mm-hmm. Ozempic is not. It has not been approved yeah. for that. It's been approved for diabetes, but not for that.
2: So yeah. she's on Wagovi then,
0: or Man- or Manjaro. One of the one of the yeah
2: exactly.
1: Exactly. Or Adderall. That's a that's a that? great. Back in my day, that was the drug for managing. <laughs> medical proof <laughs> for managing. Anyway. Mm. I don't know what these crazy menopausal women have gotten themselves into, but back in my college days, it was. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Keep talking. Keep talking, George. Term- yeah. Keep talking. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Keep digging. <clears throat> Keep digging, man. Uh, yeah, so so Oprah lost uh, forty pounds. She says um, mm-hmm. she look she looks great, um, but it, yeah, it's 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 jarring to hear her say this because, well, for a number of reasons, because earlier this year in a discussion with Weight Watchers, who I'm not even sure she still works for or work that works with, I don't, not for. Oh, um, yeah, but she did a talk with the CEO of Weight Watchers earlier this year, where she was asked about Ozempic and Monjaro. And she referred to both of them as an easy way out, like totally dismissing them. Mm-hmm. And that was this year. So mm-hmm. if she is in fact now taking one of those, that's um, that's not
1: good. Well, I did see a blind item. That's it. So Oprah, did she buy, she either bought a portion of Weight Watch. She's been a, okay. She has been in, she owns 10% of Weight Watchers. And has been an ambassador for the brand since then, since 2015. So she owns a share of the company, and she's also being paid as their spokesperson. And this was one of those blind items, like crazy day and nights and stuff. But it it lined up with my first thought, which was that it violates her sponsorship deal with them. And the blind item said that Weight Watchers is considering its legal options to sue her.
2: Well, I think that Oprah should sue Weight Watchers for not working after like 20 (laughs) to 30 fucking years, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it should be actually, I think a lot of, Ex Weight Watchers users should join a class action lawsuit with Oprah and be like, you know what, Weight Watchers, you lied to us. The shit don't work. <laughs> shit, do not work. I went on. I was on Weight Watchers in high school. That was a lot of fun being in high school on Weight Watchers. <laughs> wow. I done Weight Watchers a couple of times. That shit did not work for me. Not at all.
0: I I honestly can say I did not realize Weight Watchers was still around. I remembered yeah. one of them. And then I, then I remembered it was Jenny Craig is, is no longer with us. Like the company. Yeah. Like the the woman is also. No
1: I think the foods us. are still out there. I'll see are, like the shakes. For weight, are weight
0: Watchers or for Jenny Craig?
1: Jenny Craig. Are they? okay? I think just the, I don't know if the actual program's still around, but it's like Skinny Girl. There are branded products still out there.
2: Mm, yeah. You find a bit like the 99 cent store, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That kind mm. of stuff. Yeah. Top notch.
2: But, you know, I think, you know, look, I don't think that necessarily Oprah should lie to people. Like if she's a spokesperson for Weight Watchers and is like having a talk and be like, oh, this is the easy way out. But I also understand after, you know, 50, 60 years of shame with your weight and going up and down and you've got a lot of people Talking, you know, smack about Ozempic. We love Ozempic here at PCP. We wish we could be oh, yeah. on Ozempic, so we we're won't bash spiritually Ozempic.
1: sponsored. Yes, Bye. exactly.
2: Yes. Now we may criticize some people for not basically admitting to being on Ozempic. That's yeah. what we will criticize. But I don't care if you want to lose weight. I know we all know that losing weight. Actually, all three of us know that losing weight is really tough and really hard. So if you can afford Ozempic, if you can get it absolutely fucking take it please do. that's always my healthy. issue
1: i'm like i'm like if i could if i could afford it and i needed it i would be so proud to brag mm-hmm. I look i have so much disposable income yeah. look how vain i am i but wouldn't it's also, hide it
2: it's different for for men and women well mm-hmm. but in different ways but also at the same time like like look what like i'm I'm open about having my boobs done. And there's some women who would b- hide that. They would just be like, I, mm. you know, and cause they don't want to deal with other people coming at them. I'm more like I own it. I've also had liposuction done on my stomach. I fucking own it. I don't give a shit that w- I was already thin and it was the one place I couldn't lose weight. Mm. It was the one place and I had it taken out. And guess what? I've lost more weight since then. It's not a fix for things. Liposuction, And also, I also am very clear on the fact that, like, it was painful as a motherfucker and I would never, ever do it again. So perfect. that's another reason I do what I do today because I don't want to ever have that done again because it's just, am I glad I had it done? Yes. I never want to do it again, ever again. <laughs> the liposuction. I might have to get my boobs redone. And that'll be fine. I'll deal with that. But, but there's... It it's very hard. I can't even imagine at the level that Oprah is at, especially when you have so much hero worship for her and yeah. unrealistic unrealistic expectations that are put on her to be such a perfect person. There's a lot of criticism that comes with that. So I don't, I don't blame her for for skirting the issue. For
1: I a while. think so. Like I, I do think that's like one thing. Her weight. Way- Struggle that has made her human, and pro- maybe even made people feel m- more invested in her. Because on every other aspect of her life, she she's a self-made, yeah, icon, mogul, billionaire. You know, everything like has just been amazing in that sense. Her her journey, her humble beginnings to queen of the media and all that self-made, but her weight has been the one thing we've watched her stumble on over and over again. So mm-hmm. it is part, it is like the one, the one um, issue that I guess that makes her human. Cause to me, mm-hmm. she is like a, a deity, yeah, she's you a God. know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When yeah. Yeah. Think- so,
2: to that note, I think that there are some people who might feel let down because of that, because they're like, "Oh, she was human, and she was like me, and she had a weight problem, and now she's quote unquote buying her way out by taking Ozempic." But then I go, I think that's even more realistic because, well, mm-hmm. not that she could afford it, but that she can go. She she's going, look, I'm not gonna, I can't do it. Like this, this is too hard. It really is hard for a lot of us. Yeah. Like there's a reason why we have to use, go to these measures because other. "Quote unquote normal ways of lo- losing weight don't work for us, and so I'm just going to finally admit that 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 exercise and eating eating quote unquote right doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my body. It doesn't work for my brain. So for some people, losing weight is not about calories in versus calories out. It is literally about. It's almost like an addiction in your brain. It's it's some type of wiring, and it's also some type of wiring in your body as well too. And if Ozempic helps that and fixes that. And it, it takes that stress because I know like how stressful like food and weight can be like that takes it off your shoulders. Go for it, girl, go for a guy like whoever needs it, take it. If you can get it, do it.
1: I, I, I do have a theory with the, the fact that she did dance around it. Um, you know, she said she's taking like, what did you say? The, um, medically very- <laughs> approved prescription
0: for managing weight.
1: It was very carefully worded, very vague, but you know what the answer is. And it made me think two things. One, she watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
0: (laughs) Obviously. The way
1: those women dance around it. You know, hormones or extra You know what I mean. It's just that loose, the elephant in the room. And then the other thing, too, is I was like, the only – I thought maybe she won't say it because she's holding out for the endorsement deal.
2: That's what I was that thinking. Be,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I yeah. mean,
1: they will pay her $10 million for a magazine cover. I mean, she commands that kind of... Yeah. So, so buy I don't know what company... I forgot what company owns those
2: Novo but, Novo Nordisk, I think. Oh, but okay. what if... What if? What if? Oh, I like this conspiracy theory. What if she is trying to orchestrate uh, Novo Nordisk buying out of Weight Watchers, Ozempic? Like, let's combine oh. Weight Watchers with Ozempic type of thing. Mm, I mean, yeah. because honestly, Weight Watchers is a dying brand. Let's let's get mm-hmm. real here. Like, so if you combine the two, because even even with Ozempic, you want to eat less, and your body is like handling. Um, is handling your food differently. You still need to eat better. Like you can't just be like, I'm just going to eat French fries because that's just bad for you. Period. Like whether you're or, whether you're skinny or, or fat. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah, you'll get sick. Like you've got it. My, you've my gotta... friends
1: on Ozempic are like constantly nauseous. Constantly. I Ugh. mean, you do have to eat a certain way with Ozempic. It's not like you take a shot of Ozempic, eat a whole cake, and it. You don't gain weight. It it cuts the cravings for that stuff. One of the things she said that was interesting,
0: though, is that she said that she takes it as needed. Not she doesn't Mm -hmm. take it all the time. And she even lists an example of she took it before Thanksgiving. She started Mm -hmm. taking it before Thanksgiving because she knew she had two weeks of eating, and that's when she generally gains the most weight. And she said it worked, and she only gained half a pound over Thanksgiving. But mm-hmm. that, I mean, if that is a thing that Ozempic can lean into as a selling point of just use it whenever you need it, not all that, like most diets, you know, plans, programs, medications, you have to use it all the time. You can't just be mm-hmm. like, oh, I got a wedding coming up. Got to start doing the Ozambic. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be a, and the fact that it's so expensive, that would be a huge selling point for people if they're like, wait, I can only, I can just use it occasionally. And I don't even know mm-hmm. if that's safe. We don't even know if it's safe at all.
2: I Again, mean, it has well, not
0: been approved.
2: Especially because Jen Fessler from Real Housewives of New Jersey, she was she admits to being on Ozempic, and she was recently hospitalized with a bowel obstruction. And there is some some talk that was that caused by Ozempic because what one of the reasons it makes you nauseous and it keeps you feeling full is because it slows down your digestive system. That's one of the things that that Ozempic does. it does it does a lot of things to your body to like to to create. What it does to equate this weight mm-hmm. loss. So, but slowing down your digestive system can cause a bowel blockage, so, uh, bowel obstruction. So, yeah.
1: Um, it would be though cool to have, uh, I'm trying to think, <laughs> I'm stupid. I'm just trying to think of how they'll cross brand it. Will it be Ope Zempik? Oh, I like Oprah that. Oprazempic. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. I actually made some memes like that for PCP social media the night the news broke. I was like a little stone combining Oprah doing some photoshop with Ozempic ads and then I realized those are two major billion dollar entities that we can afford to be sued by. So we'd rather be sponsored by them not sued by. So Yes. Um but you can pick you guys can picture it though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know another good way to lose weight is in the entertainment industry working on a bradley cooper set <laughs>
0: yeah it's it really helps your core strength uh not being able to sit ever yeah uh, no Go for it. Well, we, that, so the, the the reason that this has become a story this week is that uh, Bradley Cooper did a. a, a it, it's called. I think the the thing is called Directors on Directors, where two directors interview each other, and he was being yeah. interviewed by Spike Lee, and it came up, yeah, that he does not allow chairs on his sets. Uh, also, doesn't allow video villages, which is um, I don't know, like if anybody's ever been on a set before, that's like the area well off camera where all the monitors and things are. And generally like producers, sometimes the director themselves sit there and watch all the footage instead of standing behind the camera. But Bradley Cooper doesn't allow either of those and his reasoning for it uh, for the chairs thing, at least is that he he thinks that the energy dips the moment you sit down, which I guess is true, but it also (sighs) sucks. Like there's a lot of downtime on a set. on Mm -hmm. a film set on a t i have not ever i've been on film set i've never worked on a film but i've been on a lot of tv sets and hell it we were we did live shows it was live there was no stopping there were no second takes and there was a lot of downtime if i didn't have a Mm -hmm. chair i would have lost my mind Mm
1: -hmm. and and he's like he
0: acts like he's throwing out a bone by saying "Eh, we allow apple boxes you can sit on an apple box which is i'm sorry go ahead no, no. I, I was just going to say it's uh, if you've ever never sat on one, it is not particularly comfortable at all.
2: No, it's not, you're it's sitting what, on a wooden what, box. You're sitting on a wooden box that is used for people to stand on to mm-hmm. put their feet on to like raise up things. Like it basically, I mean, it's not it's not for sitting on for no, like long extended periods of time.
0: An apple box is for Tom Cruise to stand on so he looks into Nicole Kidman's <laughs> eyes
2: because <laughs> <Thank laughs> otherwise yeah. he's not.
0: That's what an. So if you're ever curious what an apple box is, that's what it is. It's so Tom Cruise can look into his 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 star's eyes.
1: Mm-hmm. He's yeah. kind of opening himself up to or his projects to um like OSHA complaints and lawsuits. Yep. I mean, there's a lot. I I'm able-bodied, but you know, I've been in car accidents. I have back injuries mm-hmm. ongoing. I need a chair sometimes. I can't stand ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I'm you need something that,
2: with a back on it. Yeah, like too. And, like
1: I, I'm like the least of it. I mean, there are people, you know, people with real uh, disabilities who really can't. And what's like what. Mm-hmm.
2: It's kind of like
1: discriminatory.
2: Let's be clear too. We're not talking about chairs as in like director's chairs, like the plushy Mm -hmm. nice chairs that you see, like the stars sitting in and the directors sitting in. We're talking about just plastic folding chairs. We're talking Mm -hmm. about plastic fucking folding chairs for like, for crew members to sit on for even other like actors to sit on, you know, whether they're like a co-star or they're like background or something like that. And, and I grew up in the theater and I totally get the whole thing of like, keeping your energy up like yes if you sit down the energy can go down but that's really more for the camera that's for the people Mm -hmm. on camera and that's when you're on set you need to be able to fucking like sit down like whatever this is where i fucking hate method acting and bullshit and and i just recently defended bradley cooper And now I'm mad that I defended Bradley Cooper because I Mm -hmm. love Maestro. I thought that was a really good movie. And I will say that I do think that there's sometimes that a lot of actor, writer, directors, we go, we roll our eyes at it. But then at the same time, if you're a struggling actor, you're told, well, you should write, you should make your own stuff. So then you're an actor, writer, director there too. If you're, if you're a struggling actor and you're trying to make it so, so we praise people at the beginning of their careers for pushing themselves and being actor, writers, directors. But then when you're more at that pinnacle, it's self-indulgent, but it can Mm -hmm. be because of motherfuckers like this guy, like who just are like, it's all about their art and it's all about being in the moment. I'm sorry. If you're a grip, you don't give a fucking shit about the fucking art. Like Mm -hmm. it could be great. And you could be like, this is an amazing film, but as soon Mm -hmm. as it ends, you're looking for the next film to go and work on. And you're, you don't get a break. You don't get months in between in between shows because you're not paid for those months. Bradley Cooper is paid. He is the director. He is the star. So he is paid for the post time. He's paid for all that time in between. So shut the fuck up and let your crew fucking sit, you know? And like, yeah,
0: I was, I mean, I was, I was production manager. I can promise you everything that was going on on camera. I was not doing that. Had nothing to do with me. Go! I was doing everything before in the week, the months before, the months after. I can fucking sit while we're doing the live show. In fact, that was my least busiest several hours of the entire show weekend for any award show was when we were on the air because there wasn't anything I could do. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking sit. But this yeah. isn't even the weirdest thing. The, the chair thing is what got all the attention. But what he also said, which I did not realize about how he keep, what he what he keeps his sets closed, which is not terribly unusual, but he's kind of picky on it. I don't know, Stacey, if you saw the the Bernstein kids um, Mm -hmm. who had a big part of this movie. I don't know if they were necessarily Mm -hmm. involved in the writing process themselves, but they were, he, he like conferred with them. He, he, you know, they okayed things. So they had a, definitely had a part in the creative process and Mm -hmm. he did not allow, allow them on set. They were not allowed on set, the family members. And the reason for that is he said in his words, the set has to be a sanctuary. And at that point, I was like, "Okay, this guy's full of shit." The set oh, has to be a sanctuary. He was and,
1: in. He was in the week. What's that movie called? The Hangover. This yeah. guy is not.
0: Well, he's <laughs> yeah, and he's and, and one person that actually did uh, got to skit that rule is that Spielberg came to set like four or five times, and he was allowed on. And yes, he's Steven Spielberg exactly. But it seems like what line is there? I mean, you're not gonna allow the, the family of Leonard Bernstein, who you're making a movie about. They're not allowed yeah. on set.
1: What kind I mean, a sanctuary wrote- <laughs> without chairs? <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, sanctuary without chairs.
2: Yeah, well, like I get what you're saying, but then I also kind of get where like they've already been they've been consulted. And they are a part of the process, but once you bring them on, it can be distracting or like because yeah, if they don't like true. something and if they're seeing something until they know the context of the whole film then they could like be upset about something. So you'd rather have them see the entire like finished product as opposed to piecemeal, because then you're just taking literally things out of context. So I kind of get that at least they were a part of, they were a part of the filmmaking yeah, in general, yeah. like the creation of I, it and talking about I saw,
1: it. And um, a special on the making of my favorite movie La Bamba, a biopic, and it's still <laughs> so weird. It's still so weird, so weird. But his, <laughs> but they did talk about having the family on set during filming key scenes, and they kind of had to go, like the the, mm-hmm. the scene around the oh, Richie sure, Valens sure. plane crash. It just it brought them. It was traumatic for the family for them, so I mean, I get that there was a lot of emotions and stuff, but I'm sorry, I can't get past the chair thing, so I just think Bradley Cooper's a monster <laughs> no, well, no and
0: he what. and he's not even original like this isn't this wasn't his no. he wasn't the first person to do this. Uh, mm-hmm. There have been several directors, Christopher Nolan is the one that keeps getting thrown out, mm-hmm. that he he denies it. It, it. The reason, the the rumor about the, him not allowing chairs on set came from, well, Anne Hathaway, who did Dark Knight Rises, and Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer. And the, the quote that Anne Hathaway attributed to Christopher Nolan was, if you have chairs, people will sit. And if they're sitting, they're not working, which he claims he didn't say that. And, he, and, and Christopher Nolan, he basically said, no, I said I don't allow director's chairs, not all chairs, which, mm-hmm. again, like you mentioned before, director's chairs are kind of a, kind of a luxury, and there's a whole hierarchy thing of who, who's allowed yeah. a chair, who's not. Um, but then the, the other thing that Christopher Nolan does acknowledge, and um, Jordan, this is why you could never make one of his films, is that he doesn't allow uh, cell phones on his set, but he doesn't allow smoking, So you can't – on a Christopher Nolan set, you cannot smoke and you cannot be on your phone. So you would be nowhere near – I'm sorry to say, you'll never make a Christopher Nolan movie.
1: Um. No, I – okay, I was just thinking right now, before you got to the smoking and the phones, which I'm out, I'm sorry – but even just the thing with the the chairs I and mean, like you were just explaining the hierarchy. Do you know how much that would consume me? Yeah, I want to have the best chair. Yeah. I need to figure out a way to get whatever Christopher Nolan's chair is like. Why? And then and then so take away my smoking and take away my cell phone. That's all I'll have to focus on. And mm-hmm. so. You want want to go
0: a step farther into the more insane Martin Scorsese doesn't allow anybody on set to wear a watch because he says if people are looking at their watch, they're taken out of the moment. So he's he's going the whole route of like a Vegas casino about how, you know, Vegas casinos don't have clocks because they don't want you to know what time it is.
1: So, yeah. Like at old fans at old fashioned fancy dinner parties, it was actually rude considered rude for to wear a watch. Like really, those black tie evenings because what else, these people are all rich and supposed to be enjoying themselves. Why are you checking your watch? You don't have a job to get to. You know what I mean? It's kind of rude to the host. Like you're plotting to get out. I just this is think like Victorian like- gilded age. I mean, not mm. now.
2: I just mm-hmm. think, though, of like how many times it's like, OK, we're going to break for 15 or we're going to break for yeah. this, or break for that. You know what I mean? Or like we got to have this up. Like, how how long do you think it'll take? Well, I don't you know what, Martin? I don't know how fucking long it will take because I don't have a goddamn watch and neither do yeah. you. So it'll be ready whenever it's goddamn ready. Like, yeah. I'm just I, I'm,
0: what, I mean, every set has catering. I mean, he's doing big. I mean, obviously, some indies don't. But the, the types of movies Bradley Cooper are doing or Christopher Nolan are doing have catering on set you're you're, mm-hmm. you're that's where you're breaking for meals do they not have chairs are you is everybody because that's
1: I, does bradley cooper mean absolutely no chairs on set or is it like what you said with like chris nolan just certain positions shouldn't be seated he's he bradley didn't Coop- clarify it he made it like a broad statement
0: Lee yeah well the the, the funniest thing was that spike lee was sort of taken aback like what yeah because but Sp- mm-hmm. like and, and spike even said to bradley cooper was like well, what if you're doing one of my movies and i have chairs is that okay and bradley was like yeah you're the if, if i'm the actor and you're the director that's you it's your set yeah because yeah spike lee's like no i'm not getting rid of the chair that's what are <laughs> you talking about
2: yeah exactly but spike lee's also like i'm getting fucking old dude i need to definitely yeah, need a yeah. chair and yeah. i definitely need a video village because because also what surprised me about the video village too was that it's not just sometimes i get the director especially if they're a very hands-on director like like steven soderbergh like he actually will he's also the cameraman most of the yeah. time too James he's Cameron shooting
0: too
2: yeah so but it also the script supervisors usually there you got sound people there you know what i mean because they're monitoring all this stuff to make sure you don't have to do 15 million takes i mean unless mm-hmm. you wanted to be you know a person who does 15 million takes but there's a there's a whole host of reasons to have a video village can you do it without a video village absolutely because it's been done for you know decades without a video before video village was invented however it just can be more efficient and it, that just seems, that just seems like kind of a way to like I don't know make things harder on everybody. I, I I respect if he was like I don't sit in the video village. I like to be with the camera, and I like to do most of my stuff there. The video village is just for everybody else who needs it. Do you know what I mean? Do you think or he's like-,
1: like kind of Bradley Cooper coming from an acting background? Like as a, he's primarily known as an actor, and not all his movies have been Oscar. I mean, yes, you have the "A Star Is Born" and this, and, mm-hmm. but he's also been in like "The Hangover" or whatever. Do you think he's kind of overcompensating in this transition to like director artist by showing how like intense he is about the set culture and being personal in opinion. Them?
2: Is no. I just think he's probably always been this way. I think he's he's a. <laughs> he's a I think he's a method actor, and I think he's mm. like he's one of those people who really just dives in. And so, becoming a director, and he's got such a clear vision of things. He wants to ensure to the and because he's been given such creative control too over mm. his films. I mean, like, think about it. As far as I know he's only done, he's only made two films yeah. and so, and they're both Oscar contenders and they're both great films, but that's also like, yeah, you were just an actor beforehand. And I say, and mm. I, I feel like that comes off harshly. Like you were just an actor. I mean, he worked for a very long time for like 20 years in the industry doing plenty of stuff. Mm. So he's got, and when you're on set that much, and if you're somebody who wants to learn, and enjoys learning and enjoys filmmaking, you're going to hang around and you're going to be there. And you're in fact, well, when I was at the the screening of it and there was a Q and a afterwards, Jennifer Gardner was the moderator and she would talk about how on alias he would show up on days where he wasn't called to watch and to watch how they mm. filmed. And so he's definitely a student of film and he's been studying and this is something That he's always wanted to do. He's always been a director creator, I would say. I just think that there are ways to be director creators without being a dick like Clint Eastwood's a creator. He's a creator director. He's, you know, he's an actor director Mm. who doesn't go method. And who's always ahead of schedule and under budget for Warner Brothers. That's why they love him, you know, so much, you know, whatever else you think about him.
0: That's what I was gonna say. Is that the um, if if you the, the biggest thing that makes energy dip is the directors like Fincher and Kubrick who make their actors do a billion takes. That exactly. I mean that that's why so many of their actors don't generally do more than one of theirs. Whereas, like you said, Clint Eastwood's like a one or two take. Ah, we're good. Mm-hmm. That, you good? We're good. And that's how you get energy mm-hmm. to not dip. Not you just exactly. don't make somebody walk through the do- same door a hundred times in the day yeah
2: absolutely it is and that's the whole point is and a lot of people came back is like the director's job is to keep the energy from dipping like if you if you've got a sad set that comes from the top down and that comes from the director
1: so mm-hmm. on you that comes from the set pharmacist and catering <laughs> <laughs> actually that kind of isn't funny because we got some sad a sad update this week in entertainment and Addiction and death. Uh, Matthew Perry's autopsy came out, right? The uh, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. coroner, I guess you would call it the LA mm-hmm. medical, medical examiner, yeah, examiner. Yeah. That's it. Released that the, his cause of death was essentially a ketamine overdose. N- no, it was, no, it was it was acute. There, there was a lot of
0: a substantial amount of ketamine in his system. They don't, it's not necessarily listed as the cause of death because um, it's actually, it's actually very, very hard to OD on ketamine. Uh, it takes like an absurd amount. It's the number doesn't really mean much, but it's 5.6 milligrams per pound for like a 150 pound person. It's a lot to, to overdose. Um, so he, 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 He technically drowning is still the cause of death because essentially Mm -hmm. he took this um, insane amount and passed out. They're basically saying if he had not been in a hot tub, he probably would have survived because he he felt he passed out and then drowned in the hot tub.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, what they said too though is like, um, with this ketamine, um, acute whatever it was essentially an overdose, my opinion. Um, he uh he was he was in ketamine therapy for his treatment for addiction and depression and all that stuff. However, the ketamine in his system couldn't have been from his official treatments. So mm-hmm. the amount he was taking, they said was anesthesia, medical anesthesia mm-hmm. level and mm-hmm. it wasn't coming from a doctor. So. Yeah. It's well, for, for anybody taking street drugs or <laughs> I don't know how he got it, but. He, for, it was you know, an issue. If,
0: if people aren't familiar with ketamine, it is, um it's a dissociative, essentially a tranquilizer. It's used as it a horse tranquilizer.
2: See, yeah, that's, that's the funny I'm... thing
0: is that back, back in my day, well, Jordan, you know this. Back yeah. in my day, in the late '90s, early aughts, when I used to go to just terribly unsafe LA warehouse parties, mm-hmm. yeah, that was you could you could come across that special K is what we called it back yep. in the day. I was say, yeah. My, I,
1: I wasn't a raver, but I was friends with yeah. people who went to raves, and I knew of ketamine as Special K, and it was—I yeah. was told mm-hmm. it was a horse tranquilizer. Well, it, the it same is. Same kids techni- who did ecstasy and like all those things.
0: It technically is a horse tranquil. It's used for all animals and humans. Mm-hmm. It is a tranquilizer, um, and it's yeah, it's used for treatment when you when the ketamine infusion therapy, what Matthew Perry was doing, and what a lot, a lot of people seem to be doing now, is that they ketamine is used its treatment for, um, anxiety, PTSD, uh, addiction. Lamar, Lamar Odom said it actually ketamine treatments got him off other drugs. Um, but usually when you're doing these infusion treatments, you're in a controlled setting with a doctor. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not very usual for you to be on your own taking it, uh, mm-hmm. which appears what he had done. He they said his last official dose was a week and a half before, but that there's no way that the drugs would still be in his system for that long. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. They, they said it, it is used as an anesthesia for surgery. So it knocks you out. And, and the levels for anesthesia for surgery are between 1000 and 6000 nanograms per milliliter. So between 1000 and 6000, he had 4000 in his body doing it recreationally. So that's the high end of what a, what a hospital would do for anesthesia. So he was out
1: um, maybe it's kind of like the, uh, you know, like, because he was an addict and that's kind of how he came into ketamine, but it could be any, you know what they say with like alcoholics, one drink is too many, a thousand is never enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, um... maybe he was wanted to up his therapy and like, was like, I could do this on my own. You know what
1: I mean? Well, that's what I meant. Like it was some, it was something that was helping him, maybe, and then
0: the thing that gets and like you know, I mean, obviously not going to make any sort of wild accusations, but you—that's the kind of thing that you know it's going to knock you out. Like that's the whole thing where people were saying that Michael Jackson was addicted to propofol. He wasn't really addicted to propofol. He was—he wanted—he just wanted to pass out, so mm-hmm. he would have done it by any means necessary. But so this ketamine, this would be the equivalent of. Michael Jackson taking the propofol and getting in a hot tub. It's just a terrible idea all around. So, so I'm not, I'm not accusing Matthew Perry of doing anything on purpose, but that you, you have to know that that's a certain side effect. You probably should not be going into water. That's like a very bad idea.
1: It's unfortunate. It really is. It's like, it seems, I, I think he was like on the right path and doing something that it was helping him overcome a lot of issues, but I guess when you're an addict, nothing. you know, you can take anything too far. Well, and he he'd been
0: he'd been doing this therapy for so long that uh, several months ago his doctor or at least the doctor at the time wanted to get him off of it because he said mm-hmm. they said it was working too well. So evidently it was a newer doctor, he was getting this newer prescription, so who knows. But yeah. but yeah, that was the saddest thing to me was reading the the part of the article where it said if he, would, if he had not gotten in the hot tub, he probably would have survived because he did not overdose. Mm. He just would have mm. passed out. And it just mm. so happened he fell asleep in water, which is, that's yes. just so much, I mean, it's sad no matter what. And the, the whole fact yeah. that he bought the house two weeks before, like there's everything yeah. about it.
1: Yeah. Boy. Well... Oh, boy. On a more positive note, you can help PCP at least survive and thrive. Make sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your friends, family, therapists, etc. Of course, head on over to social media. You could find us on TikTok and Instagram at Pretty Corrupt Podcast. Twitter at Pretty Corrupt One. And from there, you can find all our personal accounts. And... If you haven't listened to Bravo Breakdown already, don't forget there's a second episode. See you next week.